Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. M-A-I-N-M-E-N-U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Hello everyone, you're listening to Main Menu for the 23rd of September, 2016. This is your co-host Jason Castingway. This week we're going to finish up with part two of the interview between Janine Stanley and Jonathan Mosen. They talk about iOS 10 and Jonathan's new book, iOS 10 Without the Eye. Next, Randy and I join you to talk about a new app called Allo, A-L-L-O, or is it Allo? Put out by Google. It's a chat application uh, lets you do instant messaging via text and voice. We also mention a couple of other tidbits of technology news. Then Chad Blanco returns to talk more about Sling and the new plans that came out since we last spoke with him. He also refers to the Channels app, and we want to be sure that everyone knows if you're going to use the Channels app for Apple TV, you need to have the HD Home Run device as well. Afterward, if there's time, I'm going to come back and tell you a little bit about what's new in Mac OS Sierra. Happy listening! Hello, Main Menu listeners. I'm Tom, one of the new voices you can choose from in iOS 10. I'm Allison, another one of those voices, and we're here to bring you the second part of Janine's interview with Jonathan Mosen about all the cool stuff in this newest version of your iDevices operating system. But first, Janine thinks she has to show you all about moving apps around the screen as they talked about last week. Fred, that's not very nice. Janine just wants to show how easy it is. Right, Victoria. Hi, everyone. It's Janine Stanley, and I am here to talk about moving apps on your home screen. That's right. We're going to take a look at this amazing feature that everybody loves. We're going to start out with our home screen, and I've got an app here that I am particularly excited to move somewhere else. And uh, I am going to start by making sure that my rotor is on the actions setting. So we're just going to do that two-finger twist Handwriting. gesture. Handwriting. Lower. Volume. Sounds. Language. Containers. Headings. Actions. Okay. And then we will touch the screen where I know this app happens to be. Recorders folder. Kathy. Double tap to open. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. Aha. So, custom actions. Let's do a single finger flick down. Arrange apps. Activate. Default. Arrange apps. We're going to double tap to arrange apps. Arranging apps. Now we'll go back to Capti because we've got one more step before we can actually move it. Capti is editing. Double tap to delete. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. Move Capti. Okay, so I swipe down with one finger. Let's double tap on the move. Choose a destination for Capti. Now, we can pretty much move anywhere we want on this screen, but let's say I want to put Capti in a folder. I'm going to put it up in my productivity folder. Entertainment folder. Productivity folder. Is editing. 18 apps. And Swipe gonna... up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. Thank you, Aaron. I think I'll do that. Cancel move of Capti. Add Capti to productivity folder. Place Capti before productivity folder. Place Capti after productivity folder. Activate. Default. 
Cancel move of CAPTI. Add CAPTI to productivity folder. And that's what we want to do, so let me go ahead and double tap. Added CAPTI to CAPTI is editing. And there it is in the productivity folder. I'm just going to do a two-finger scrub to get out of that. Health folder is editing. Three apps. Double tap and hold to perform move by hold and drag. Double tap with two fingers to mark icon as ready to move, and then choose a destination. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. Okay, so we got a lot of information there. Now, let's say we are done here. We're going to hit the home button once. Finished editing. Voila, we are finished editing. Now, let's say I want to take Capti out of the productivity folder. I'm going to go ahead and go up here to that folder. Productivity folder. 19 apps. Activate. Default. Page 3 of 4. Capti is editing. Character mode. Double tap to delete. Actions available. And there we found our Capti app, so I'm just going to do a one finger flick down. Move Capti. Double tap. Choose a destination for Capti. And we'll go out of this folder with a scrub gesture. Closing productivity folder. Productivity folder is editing. 19. Test flight is editing. Test flight is cancel move of Capti. Create new folder with test flight and Capti. So there's a new action. We can create a new folder with those two apps that are on the screen as single apps now. Place Capti before test flight. And I think that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to go ahead and double tap right there. Capti is editing. Now I will go out of editing mode. Finished editing. And Capti. Test flight. Double tap to open. And you'll notice if I flick to the right of Capti, there is our test flight app as it was before. So ta-da! <laughs> That is how easy it is to move apps around the screen now. No more double tap and hold and drag and wait till the icon wiggles and all of that stuff. Whatever. At least she and Jonathan started this out correctly by discussing us. There are also a lot of new voices for both voiceover and the Siri in iOS 10. Let's talk a little bit about the new voices. Yeah, you can never satisfy people with the with the voices. You know, when <laughs> one person's great voice is another one's piece of trash. The more voices that Apple can add, the better. Particularly now, if you're going to splurge out on a 256 gigabyte phone, then there's really no reason why you can't go to town and have a whole bunch of quite powerful voices on there, if that's what you want to do, because space is no longer a constraint. Space is no constraint. Oh no! Does this phone make me sound fat? So Apple has added a lot more of the nuance vocalizer voices that we're familiar with in a number of other screen reading products. Like me, Ava. And they're available now. Uh, the, the US male Tom voice. Thanks, Jonathan. I do seem to have a following. Oh, please. People hear me and think Game of Thrones. No, Oliver. People hear you and think Game of Drones. Certainly not Game of Thrones. There are uh, other British ones, such as Oliver and Serena. You've got Loi, Loi, the Australian voice, um, <laughs> the male one there. That's the worst Aussie accent I've ever heard. Karen's right. Mate, don't give up your day job. And uh, mm -hmm. you've also got what I think is cool. I would give anything. Well, I don't know about anything. I would, I'd, be quite, <laughs> I'd be quite excited by the prospect of getting eloquence on my iPhone, that would be a dream come true for me because as far as I'm concerned, no other synthesizer has come close to be able to really crank it up 
and have uh, have it intelligible at very fast speeds. I don't really care about how human it sounds. Are you serious? I care about processing the information as efficiently as I can because I've been using synthetic speech, you know, for decades. And they haven't given us eloquence, but they have, I think, acknowledged the need for that within some of their users by adding some older, genuinely synthetic speech options. Because what happens with uh, things like Samantha and all those voices is that they actually have a physical person go into a studio somewhere and they record specific phrases and they also record a whole bunch of phonemic sounds, the building yes. blocks of the of the alphabet. Mm -hmm. And those phonemes are strung together by your iPhone and iPad, which are now powerful enough to do this so that it sounds almost human. What do you mean? Almost human. I think I resent that remark. Um, but there are some advantages of a genuine old-fashioned synthetic speech option. And um, you now have that with the old Fred voice, which kind of sounds yes. a little bit like deck talk to me. I was uh, going to say that one sounded an awful lot like deck talk. Yeah, and you know, uh, a number of um, of my customers that I've spoken to have said exactly the same thing. They they don't care how human they sound. What they care about is just cranking this thing up and having it intelligible. And um, Fred seems to have really hit the spot there. This yeah, see how fast I can go on this sentence. The quick round box took a 7.30 p.m. train to catch flight 5007 that left at 9.16. We had to call him at 1-800-555-1234 to tell him he was going to be late. Speaking rate, 55, 60%, 65%, 70%. The quick round box took a 7.30 p.m. train to catch flight 5007 that left at 9.16. We had to call him at 1-800-555-1234 to tell him he was going to be late. There's also a, a Victoria voice, a female voice with a, a similar uh, set of uh, qualities. I am Victoria and I prefer to speak more slowly than Fred as I think I sound better that way. Whatever. So you can download these voices if you don't like them or you become constrained for space. You can uninstall the voices that you don't like. And of course, you've still got all the Siri voices. So, you know, when I got my first iPhone, it you that you you had one one option per language and that was your lot pretty much and you liked it you loved it right and wow. it's come a long way so when are we going to see that New Zealand accent I mean we've got Irish we've got you know Australian South African come on Jonathan when are they going to get you in the studio so we can have the Jonathan Mosin voice on the iPhone it is really it is funny <laughs> you say that Jenny because when I was on your side of the mic on main menu I got contacted by a company that was doing these sorts of voices back then and I don't know if they're still around and they said uh, would you come into our studio and record a synthetic voice a text-to-speech engine for us and we'll pay you and i said good good oh. <laughs> uh, so i said i said we should make this happen and then i don't know for one reason or another we never did make it happen but oh. um you know some sort of new zealand voice would be quite nice it would definitely be nice and and uh, some accented u.s voices would be nice which is nice to see the uh, the nuanced voices there to give us a little bit of of accent and i really wish we had more male u.s voices but i think you know i uh, my favorite is the siri male voice i think he's called aaron yep i'm aaron here to serve don't forget me nikki the female u.s siri voice in some other uh, apps and iterations. And uh, for some reason, that one resonates with me. I like the more human-sounding voices. Hey, do you mean I don't sound human? Silly Janine. But my husband has 
increasingly severe hearing loss. And so uh, Fred is, he really likes that voice. Of course. Real men like Fred. Wait, that didn't come out right. There are so many more features here that I want to talk about. And the, the next one that I want to talk about, though, is 3D touch. So mm. if people have a phone that is capable of 3D touch, I think some folks are a little a little scared of it, a little intimidated by it. I have loved it since the beginning. But what's new with 3D touch in iOS 10? I think Apple has now had time to think about the way that 3D touch can be useful and they're just making it a staple of the operating system. So you can you can use the rotor when voiceover is on to go to say a list of more options in a notification. So if you don't have a 3D touch device or you just don't want to use it, you can still get to things, but you can 3D touch on a notification, deep press on it and get a list of quite handy options. In Apple Music, 3D touch is quite extensively used there. If you go into the control center, which is now this great three page massive thing where oh they have goodness, uh, yes. <laughs> a whole bunch of controls on one page and then they have uh, audio and video controls on another and home kit apps on another if you're living in a jetsons style world where <laughs> you can turn up and down your lights and your temperature and everything all from your phone um, but on the bottom row of icons where you've got things like the flashlights and uh, the clock, the timer icon there, and there's a, a number of other ones. You can actually 3D touch on those icons and control center and get some shortcuts. So, um, you know, if you deep press on the timer, you might see an option to set the timer for five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour without having to go into the app to do it. Also, one thing that I think is really good, particularly if you um, are wanting to share an accessible app with someone. Sometimes there are apps in the store that have either the same name as each other or very similar names to each other. And if you're recommending a particular app because it's accessible, it's really important to get the right one. So for every app that is on your device now, you can do a 3D touch deep press on the app's icon and a number of things will happen, even if there is no shortcut menu that the app developer has put in there. One is that if the app developer does have a widget, you can add its widget to your home screen right from 3D touch now with a simple oh. add button. But Very the nice. other one that I love is that you can share the app with anybody. So. I could be talking to someone about this really cool new utility that I found and somebody says, how do I get it? I, it's confusing. What's the URL? I can deep press on the icon and right there with every app, there's a share button. You double tap it and then the usual iOS share sheet comes up to share it through iMessage or Twitter or email or whatever you have installed. So there's a lot new there. The one thing that I really love is being able to clear all notifications with 3D Touch. I oh, just gosh, love how could I that. that one? Uh, getting them all at once is fantastic. And it's it's not too hard to find on the screen. You know, if you've got notifications up and you're looking at a whole list of things, and you just say, all right, I'm sick of it. Just, you know, just do that press on clear notifications. You get up, that mate. screen and boom, there it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. That is a really great feature. And also there's been a bit done with some voiceover gestures that have sort of, I noticed there were things, for example, I was using tap, tap, C, and I happened to touch the camera button and I guess I was pressing on it. I didn't realize I was and boom, it took a picture. 
I didn't have to yes. double tap. Yes, I think I think what's happening there is that if you press with just the right force, it's kind of uh, the 3D touch engine is is detecting that as a deep press and it can take the picture. That's that's that takes a bit of getting used to actually, and it I does. find that in the <laughs> in the phone app, for example, if you press too hard on a number in the keypad, for example, it sort of leans on the number and sustains it. So I it, did you, that. This very <laughs> afternoon, in fact, a whole row of sevens I had to delete. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you have to, you have to, and and actually, um, I was told by uh, some Android users a few months ago that iOS users tend to have a heavy touch. So it might be useful to get into the practice of being gentle with your touch, but also the the sensitivity of three D touch can be adjusted in settings to determine how heavy a press you need before it detects it as a 3D touch press. And that is also something that you'll have to adjust to your preferences if you get an iPhone 7 or an iPhone 7 Plus with respect to the home button, because the home button is not physical anymore. It's a um, sort of a capacitive button that's force sensitive, and you'll be able to adjust the pressure sensitivity of the home button as well. There was another update, and I know that you are an Apple Watch owner. There was a huge update to the Apple Watch, not to mention uh, Watch Second Generation, I guess we're calling it. And um, let's talk about this watch update, because this really, in my mind, revolutionized the watch. Oh, revolutionize is a really good question. I, I kind of had a... I got an Apple Watch because I was curious about a new product and it didn't grow on me for a long time. But I have uh, Tim Cook and the Apple Watch folks to thank, actually, because eventually the Apple Watch really got me into doing fitness stuff in a way that I hadn't before. And then when I just started to do the fitness stuff to see what it was like and what it was all about, I realized how good it made me feel. And so I do a lot of working out these days. I actually invested in a little home gym, you know, and I've got the weights and the the exercise bike and a rowing machine. And it's all sort of set up here like a, like a home gym. And I haven't felt so full of exuberance and energy since I was, I don't know, in my teens or early twenties. It's fantastic. And I have the Apple watch to thank. So I do use it as a fitness tool quite a bit. And one of the things I also do that I find very, very helpful is I meditate a lot. I try and take the time to do at least 20 minutes to half an hour a day of just taking time away from the gadgets and meditating. And so the Breathe app that made its way into the new watch OS is wonderful because it it reminds you to be mindful. Yeah, it it just takes – it pings you on a regular basis and just reminds you to take some time out and take some breaths and it guides you through the breathing process with some very soothing kind of rippling <laughs> haptic feedback. Absolutely. Um, the haptic feedback is so unique with the Breathe app, folks. It's just, and it's all, you know, done through um, through voiceover. Uh, so it's self, I believe, is that a self-voicing app where you can choose to have it be self-voicing? Is that how that works? I think it's detecting that voiceover is on and it's sending stuff directly ah. to the voiceover API when, when it detects voiceover to be on. But it's it's really good. I, I, that oh, lovely kind is. of 
gentle rippling effect. So the Apple Watch has changed my life in a way that I hadn't expected that it would. And, uh, you know, I suddenly got really focused on how things make me feel. And I, I even, I don't know, quite a long time ago now, um, gave up all alcohol and I um, have been doing low carb sort of on and off for a long time. But now I'm very strictly low carb. And I tell you, man, I just I just feel so much better. And it's really oh. thanks to the Apple Watch. But um, in terms of accessibility features, the, the really big one that stands out, I think, is I always, when, from when the Apple Watch came out until now, I was wearing two watches because I have a thing, having been the chair of New Zealand's blind agency here and also the president of New Zealand's ACB equivalent, the consumer organization, I have chaired a lot of meetings where there are lots of blind people in the room with talking timepieces. Oh, yes, and we <laughs> and know every time the at the top of the hour, we know that. <laughs> yes, and, and and when I'm when I'm trying to give some sort of inspiration or important talk, you know, when you're losing the audience, when you finally start to hear them, you know, it's seven. <laughs> yes. So what a giveaway! So I always um I always wear a tactile watch, and and I switched to a Bradley timepiece, which oh, is just. Oh. Wonderful. I really dig my Bradley. That is the most gorgeous looking timepiece yes. I have ever seen. I just love the design of that thing. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's it's good to be seen with and it's also very functional and very accurate. Mm -hmm. But I do it's kind of weird having um two watches, you know, one on each wrist. It kind of makes you makes you look a bit dodgy, I reckon. Mm. So but um so now I only I generally I only wear the Apple Watch because of this uh, haptic time feedback that is available in Watch OS three. And I knew that Apple would find a way eventually to figure this out. Although they have borrowed, it seems to me, quite extensively from a third party app called Time Buzz, which really did figure it out quite early yes. on. Yes, they did. Yeah. And I, I really wish they would just have taken the Time Buzz particular patterns. I mean, you know, they could have bought them out. That would have been great. Um, I love Taptic Time. That is probably the biggest thing. And I would agree to this Watch OS 3 update. But I, I think it's still a bit, it, it could be tweaked a bit. And I'm hoping that they do come up with some new patterns that people can choose from. I just make it a little bit more efficient. But uh, yeah, Time Buzz, I was so sad to delete the Time Buzz app from my watch because I thought, oh, you know what? I don't need it anymore. And folks, this is right in the center. So if when you set this up, if you enable this feature, you know, it's right there. And you just double tap on the face of your watch and voila, you've got the same thing as you had with Time Buzz. It's very, very nice. Yeah, it's good. And I um, also have a, a hearing impairment. And so if I'm wearing the Apple Watch at nighttime and I just wake up enough to wonder what time is it now, if I push the button on the watch without hearing aids in, I can't really hear it that well. And by the time I sort of get organized and and, and, and try to hear it, then I'm, I'm more awake than I might want to be, depending on where yes. I'm, when I'm checking the time. So I do like the fact that I can just double tap the watch face when I'm half asleep and know that it's, you know, 12.30 a.m. and I should go back to sleep. But also it's good because... I have been using an app, and I don't know if you've played with this one, Janine, but it's called Sleep Plus Plus that tracks your sleep. Uh -huh. And um, uh, the, the thing that, uh, that the whole Apple Watch thing has got me into is, is numbers, is hard data. Um, and if you get into tracking what you eat and how much you work out 
and sort of how it makes you feel, which is a bit more subjective, but also firm numbers like how much sleep you're getting, which is a big deal for a lot of blind people, um, particularly mm-hmm. totally blind people who don't have light perception because yes. their circadian rhythms are all sort of shot. Uh, so I have this app called Sleep Plus Plus that tracks my sleep data, and it means that I do have to take time to charge the watch at some other time during the day other than nighttime. But I find that if you do that when you're showering in the morning or getting organized, stuff like that, you can generally get by. And so the combination of this Sleep Plus Plus app and the haptic time means I can wear the watch at night and get really good quality data. And over time, matched with other data that I'm collecting, I can get a picture of of things that I do or don't do that could be contributing to how well I sleep. One of the things I do love, though, about the watch is I I found that I ended up with a lot of apps and that home screen was driving me crazy. I would be scrolling, 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 scrolling to find the apps. They have replaced the friends button, which some people use that and really liked it. I never used it because I only had one friend who had an Apple watch and and it was sort of, you know, anticlimactic at that point. And um, but they have replaced that with the dock. And this is where you can have up to 10 of your most used apps. And uh, the one I find myself using the most is the remote for the camera app. I will give my husband the iPhone and let him position the phone for the picture. And then I will activate it from the watch, which is really a fantastic way to take pictures because then he doesn't have to worry about pressing the wrong button or doing something, you know, inadvertent, like taking a thousand burst photos of his foot or something like that. (laughs) That did happen once, by the way, it wasn't quite a thousand, but it was certainly a lot. (laughs) So (laughs) it was, uh, it was good, but now we can actually control that uh, quite a bit more. And so that um, that's kind of fun. And uh, apps do launch quicker, not super quick, but quicker. Yeah, I'm I don't think I can justify getting a Series 2 Apple Watch because I don't do a lot of swimming again, mainly because of the hearing thing and and, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it might be a little bit of a luxury since I'm not actually writing about the Apple Watch at the moment. So. I intend to stick with the Apple Watch I have for the moment, but uh, speed has been a real issue with the watch. It's, it just feels like it definitely feels like a version one release. But mm-hmm. with the better use of that valuable real estate, when you only have two buttons on the whole Jolly Watch, yes. then that button is very valuable real estate. And now that they've assigned it to the dock, it's it's great and it's a very good way to get to apps and launch them quickly. That button also has another new purpose and that if you hold it down you still get to the power screen but if you hold it down even longer than that you get this quite scary siren sound indicating that the watch is about to call emergency services for you so in the united states that will be 911 and I think this has all sorts of potential, say, for in our in our listening audience, blind people who might have uh, diabetes and are concerned about hyperglycemia, uh, yes. that sort of thing. If it, a lot of people wear special bracelets that um, can alert people in the event that they feel that they they might be needing assistance. So with the watch, and I'm not qualified to say whether it would replace those or not, but with the watch, it can. Uh, if your iPhone is in range, place a call uh, to emergency services, and it can also send text messages to three contacts that you have nominated to say that you have pressed the SOS button. And I think this is a terrific feature. I'm, I'm kind of, 
I'm, I'm torn because I was always brought up to be very scared of calling emergency services. Yes. Um, you know, when there wasn't an emergency. And, uh, and I did once when I was a kid and they, they grabbed the line. I don't know if they can still Ooh. do that these days, but have, I don't know if you've heard of this. They, they grab the line so that even if you hang up and then you pick the phone yes. up again. That's oh, still yes. Wow. Yes, they are. Wow. <laughs> and, and the police officer will be at your door in yes. five yes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so uh, I haven't tried actually pressing. The, I've, I've pushed it long <laughs> enough to get scary siren sound. And then I can press the digital crown to cancel because you have a little, a few seconds to, to yes. cancel the action. But I presume that's the good part. Work. If you want to test it and find out just how long you need to press it to get to that part versus the <laughs> turn the watch off part. But you can also access that if you're on the screen that turns the watch off. You can keep um, keep doing that single finger flick to the right or the left, as it were. You can get to that emergency button that way as well and double tap. I found that out the hard way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking, thinking, where is the power button? Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so let's not forget the auto speaking of complications, which is a, a great feature. So on, on my watch face, I have the um, the weather conditions as one of my complications. So now when I press the digital crown and I get to the watch face, it speaks the time and then it gives me the weather conditions and the temperature outside automatically. And I, I love that feature too. And it's very easy to toggle on and off. So yeah. if you say, all right, I'm doing something where I really need to know that each time I, I hit my watch, then you can certainly toggle that feature on and off. And that is really handy and a bunch of new complications. And probably my favorite one that's in iOS 10 and watchOS 3, you can now find your watch with your iPhone as well as vice versa. So wow. yes, I always wondered why, because <laughs> my wife keeps losing hers. And um, she was always saying to me, well, you can find the phone with your watch. So why can't you find the watch with the phone? Yes. So <laughs> Yes. And they have made it much easier. They actually put in place of glances, there is now control panel for the watch, which has a lot of the elements that the settings uh, app has. But Right down at the bottom, I think it's almost in the bottom middle, is ping my iPhone. And I wanted that as a complication so badly. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good. And that, that it's, it's coming of age. And the Watch Series 2, of course, also has a GPS chip. So I'll be interested That's... to see whether any of the blindness GPS companies can do anything interesting with that. That should be very fascinating to see exactly what they do with that. And probably the the other big thing, if you own both devices and regularly travel with them, I understand that Siri now will only activate on one device. So if yeah, you say that cool. magic phrase, oh, it was the bane of my existence there for a while. <laughs> I would say that yeah. magic phrase and at least two devices would go off and neither one of them would get it right. So I, I found this by accident, actually, when I eventually towards the end of the test cycle, I upgraded my iPad Pro to iOS 10 as well. I was testing primarily on an iPhone. And then I found that if you give that magic command, it only responds on one. When, so that's that's really good uh, intelligent stuff. Like yes. the universal clipboard. I don't know if you've had a chance to play with that. but I that is have scary. not played with this yet. Now, do they have it working? Because I know, and my watch is now wanting to talk in the conversation as well. <laughs> but I know the universal keyboard was something that I was really, really looking forward to. So I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, believe it or not. So is it now working across devices? You can do it between two iDevices. 
But there are a couple of caveats. So the way this works, for those who haven't discovered it yet, is that if you copy something to the clipboard, what happens is that your device that you copy to the clipboard is in a kind of a special state of alertness for about two minutes. So it's a very limited period. Um, in Within that two-minute window, if you issue a paste command from another device that's signed into your iCloud account, so it could be an iPad Pro or it could be a Mac running Sierra, which is due for release next week, at that point, it will upload the content from the clipboard of the device that you copied to, and then it will copy it across to the other device that you issued the paste command from. But if you do it after that two-minute window, then it's not going to work. Oh, and hopefully yeah. that will be, um, you know, something that, okay, I'm out on the road and I see something on a website or somewhere that I want to copy up into the clipboard. And when I get back to, you know, terra firma, then I can copy it onto my other device or something. Now, hopefully they'll increase that time limit. But wow, just to think that that can happen would be fabulous. <laughs> yeah, it's using peer-to-peer -peer technology. And I think they do actually want to avoid any mishaps. I mean, I, I suppose uh -uh. there could be situations where a couple, for some reason, might share the same iCloud account. Although, Ooh, I mean, boy. I wouldn't recommend that because mm -hmm. you, know, you, can, you can have a separate account for the store if you want to do that. And now, of course, there's family sharing. But I mean, if there were if there, if there was somebody in New Zealand who did a copy to the clipboard and then you did a paste to the clipboard in the States, say, <laughs> yeah, uh. and you've got some random unexpected content. So they have thought about it. There's a time limit and it's peer-to-peer. -peer. So the devices uh -huh. do have, actually have to be in quite close proximity to each uh -huh. other for it to work. I see. Well, it sounds like a great feature and I'm really looking forward to trying that one out. Well, we've heard a lot about a lot of new features and there are tons more that we have not talked about. Thank you so much for joining us, Jonathan. This is, as I said before we began recording, at my my career here with ACB Radio has come full circle. Jonathan actually taught a class back in 2000 as we were starting ACB Radio in Louisville with a bunch of people and a bunch of computers and yeah. SoundForge. SoundForge, yeah. Yes, and from there, here we are. So thank you so much for joining us on Main Menu, Jonathan. And I'm sure uh, we will have you back to talk about even more iOS, watchOS, any OS there is. <laughs> well, it's always a blast being back on my menu, Janine, so happy to do it anytime. Here we are back again, the dynamic duo. Oh, hello, hello. Hello, are you there? <laughs> hello. <laughs> I hear you. I don't see you, but I hear you and I can see your text. Yes, you can. Today, we popped in here for just for a few minutes just to tell you our thoughts about some apps and a few other things. So welcome to Main Menu, everybody. And hi, Jason. Hi, Randy. Good to be speaking again. You mean we haven't spoken until like uh, for like weeks and weeks? Well, it seemed that way. <laughs> I was just so devastated by the lack of contact. Oh, I no. know. Yeah, it's like we don't <laughs> talk every day or anything. Yes. We talked about the dynamic duo. That's kind of a play on words because we talked about the app from Google called Duo. Yes. So many terms today. So many terms to learn and to figure out. And there's a new one out there called Allo. 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 <laughs> kind of How a are play you? on words. <laughs> yes. A-L-L-O. When I searched for Allo, I just typed in A-L-L-O, and it actually came up the, one of the first ones. Same so. here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and when you look at it, it comes up as Allo on your phone after it's been installed. Mm -hmm. Or Allo, or however you pronounce it. Now, this is a text messaging app. Let's talk about some of its cool points, and then I'm going to be the devil's advocate. 
and we'll talk about some of its points that could be improved or totally that can be done away with entirely. (laughs) (laughs) And we do this simply just to give you our views. It doesn't mean that we're right or wrong or whatever. This is just, well, it could be even just my opinion. Maybe Jason won't agree. I don't know. We'll see. That's right. First of all, this app is very easy to set up. It was very similar to the Duo app in terms of giving it permissions to access your contacts, access your camera, your microphone. Uh, You enter your phone number. It sends you a verification text message. You type in that verification code and you're well on your way to going with Allo. The one thing that I did find to be a little bit cumbersome while setting it up, apparently you can give access to your location. I could not find the give access button. That's true. I did see a little message about that. I explored some of the settings, but... I didn't bother going into some of them that looked like they included a lot more stuff. I I just gave it a quick overview. It could be that it's showing up on Android and not on iOS. We have to tell you guys, we really just got this tucked in at the last moment just for you so you could just explore it on your own. There is an area called the Assistant. It is a smart assistant. It's a bot Mm -hmm. that you can talk to it. You know, you can ask it or text it what time is it, and it'll tell you. You can ask it questions, and then it gives you a string of information, and it gets smarter each time you use it. It's a good idea. It works well. And it will even uh, give you predictive responses to other people's messages, just the text predictions. It's almost like... It works in tandem or in combination with the predictive text built into iOS, but it's a separate item on the screen that will show you some predicted responses you might want to use. Yeah, and some of them are pretty darn accurate. Yeah. There's also a record feature where you can press and hold down a button and record, and then you can lift up with your finger and it will send... And you have to slide left to cancel while you're talking if you want to cancel the message. Sort of like WhatsApp. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that it just sends right away and you don't have to worry a thing about it. Or um, I didn't actually, I heard the slide left to cancel, but I, I didn't try that. I've sent recordings. How's the audio quality on the recordings to you? I thought it was pretty good. It's, yeah. It seems comparable to Roger. Yeah, yeah it's Not, pretty, maybe, pretty darn good. You know, yeah, it's pretty good. One of my questions with Ello is that It seems natural that you might want to integrate the functions of Duo with Allo and put it all into one app, but uh, I'm not sure why that is or isn't, rather. Well, I can tell you, I think. Oh, okay. Do so. In my mind, I think they're trying to break it up because I don't think Hangouts, this is my opinion, Uh, may not have been as successful as they would like it to be where they have a lot of things integrated. I think they're Mm -hmm. trying to make apps separate so you can go to different ones and not have everything all in one app. So I don't know which is easier, actually. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Devil's Advocate time. Let me give you a brief synopsis on what I was working on. Now, bear in mind, I am an iOS user. This obviously does not integrate into the iOS ecosystem. I had both hands busy while Jason sent me a hello message and I just couldn't respond. Since we have the iPhone 6S and the 7 respectively, Jason has the 7 now and I've got the 6S, you can incorporate Hey Siri 
I had both hands tied up and I said, and I'm going to just pronounce this uh, differently now so everybody's devices won't go off. Hoy Siri. Siri engaged. And I said, send a text message to Jason. And I verbally said it. And do you want to send? Yes. And I didn't have to use my hands at all. You cannot do that if you're outside the ecosystem of iOS, if you're in the ecosystem. So if you're going to use Hello, you must use your hands to engage the app. I think so. Until they add some integration with Siri, I think we're restricted to having to get into the app to respond. I, there may be ways on the lock screen to respond, but I didn't. I, I, I couldn't get that to work right now. I couldn't now. either. I tried actually double tapping and getting into it, or I even tried 3D Touch and I couldn't get into it. And mm -hmm. for those who don't know what, what we're talking about, it's beyond the scope of this demonstration right now. But basically, I just couldn't get it to activate in the lock screen. Do we uh, like it? I hope. Thumbs up, thumbs down, in between? I like it. It To me, it feels like, okay, another option for instant messaging and things. There are so many. Yeah, and we're on all of them. So you can get a hold of us on all platforms if you know our usernames. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, we're on we're on everything, and we we try to be on top of what's new. And we hope this talk on Allo has been at least notable or somewhat helpful. <laughs> yes. Now that we're done with Allo, let's talk about just a brief talk on the brand new update for Victor Stream. It's very good. Synchronizing time. You can actually query the server by um, going to Wi-Fi system and bring up Wi-Fi and your uh, Victor stream is set to the correct time. So there you go. Pretty cool. Oh, that's good. And there are other functions too. Check on updates for the Victor stream. Just go to humanware and look for the update information for your Victor stream second generation. Yeah. While we're on the topic of Bits. Hims has come out with a patch for their older line of products, the VoiceSense and the BrailleSense Classic, the BrailleSense Plus, I believe, and the BrailleSense on hand. For the VoiceSense line, they fix some problems with email relating to the security implementations that some providers have taken on since, and it also fixes Bookshare. For the Braille sense on hand and others, it's just the bookshare that gets fixed. These are not upgradable using the automatic method where you just tell it to go fetch the upgrade. You have to download them yourself. For more information, go to the HIMSS website, www.hims-inc.com. Go to the Resource Center and choose the product for which you would like more information. The following interview with Chad Blanco took place almost a month and a half ago during the Olympics. I wanted to prepare you so that any references to that time would be understood. Welcome back, Chad. It's really great to have you back once again. Thanks, Randy. Thank you, Jason, for having me back again. Pretty so stagnant. since we last talked, um, you were working with Sling, and you were trying to get it more accessible. First of all, how's that coming, and have you got any other hardware? So Sling TV has gotten a bit more interesting. They have added two basic packages. One is Sling Orange, which is the one stream per, uh, per channel, which basically says, I'm on an Apple TV on this account, on the same account. I go on the iPhone, can't watch it because someone else is watching it on the Apple TV. 
the Apple TV will get kicked off or the iPhone will get kicked off, whatever comes first. Mm-hmm. And that has all the Disney channels, all the Disney-owned channels, such as For You Sports Fans, ESPN, both the ESPN 1 and 2, uh, ABC Family, which is now Freeform, and the Disney Channel. And also it has History Channel, it has Travel Channel, Food Network, and then it also has TBS and, and TNT. And you're still talking the about that one. orange, right? Yes, that's that's still orange. You get like 20-something 20, 20 channels uh, for 20 bucks a month. Okay. Okay. So, and that's without any add-on packages. Wait, wait till I get to the add-on packages part. Then there's a second one called Sling Blue, which is the multi-stream channel, which offers... Nat Geo, all the Fox channels, FX, Fox, your local re- your local station, if you have it, if you're lucky enough, and all the NBC stuff, including NBC, which, what is NBC hosting right now? The Olympics. Thank you. Yes, the Olympics is hosting. Unfortunately, with Sling, they haven't gotten the ability to add a secondary audio stream, so no video description for Sling, for, for Sling customers. I talked to them about it. They're, they said they'd be working on it, but... Who knows? I do have to tell you though that they are one of the best customer service people, or customer support people I've ever dealt with, because they are patient. I explain to them I can't do this because I'm using this, and they go, "I'm like, here's my viable solution. Here's what is going wrong." And so they talk to me, and I, I dealt with it, and it was fun. Basically, what you buy with Sling TV is your channels. You get twenty bucks a month with an app. You can even get a new Apple TV for $89 and that's with three months free of Sling. So you pay that $150 you normally pay for an Apple TV, you're paying for mostly Sling. <laughs> wow. Uh, what's the difference in price between the orange and the blue? Orange is 20 or blue is 25 Oh, okay. But you can have both packages for 40 Oh, interesting. Which gives you, which gives you all the, oh, yeah, I forgot, uh, blue has sci-fi and USA. So, there you go. Okay. Now, and they also have packages, so what if you want more like, oh, your lifestyle channels like DIY or, you know, all those kinds of channels, the, the, the cooking channel, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You can add an extra five bucks to that. You can even have a news channel where you can get your BBC News or HLN or whatever. Oh, CNN comes standard with both. Um, you can have your HBO or Cinemax for 10 or $15 respectively. And if you don't want those anymore, you can remove the packages. And the cool part is if they've given you credit for something, you can use that credit against, it's like giving you store credit. You know how you can use store credit to buy stuff? Mm-hmm. You can use that to buy packages. Oh, okay. And the closer your day is to your subscription renewal, the cheaper the packages get. Like most of the time, the packages are five bucks you know, each. If you're billed on the 14th and you buy something on the 10th, it'll be like a buck. Oh, I see. So you yeah. don't have to pay the full five until that renewal comes around again. Exactly. Nice. And then and it, and there's no contract. There's no cable fees. You just buy it and go. And I think it even works on the Fire TV. I had someone say it does. So if you have one of those, you can try it. If you don't, you can let me know. And yes, Sling TV is paid for. It isn't. You have a seven-day free trial, but I think that's more than enough to find all your favorite cable channels again. Mm-hmm. I found mine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I said, all you need is a credit card and an email address. 
Um, I do warn you, sometimes the form is, it used to be easy to use. It still is, but it's weirdly formatted. I actually let them know about that. So, you know how there's supposed to be a checkbox that says, I agree to this, blah, 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 blah. Yes. Yeah, I agree to these terms and conditions, you know, check, check. It has that as a plain text. If on Safari, you have to look for the word and, and then click that, and then you have, then you're done with the finish. So that's, well, that's how that strange. works. It's a little... Wow. Yeah. It's new. Like I said, it's doable. If you're, It's doable if you know how to do it. I had to play around with it. I, I got a little frustrated. I'm like, dude, this is what I'm seeing. And I'm yeah. like, oh, wait. And I'm like, hey, I got it. Yay. Any questions? Because I've been messing with this for like two months, and I'm, I'm a keeper. Because I can take this anywhere you know, in America, and I can still have all my cable channels without much hassle. Yeah, I think there's certainly something to be said for that. You still have to have like an antenna um, set up somewhere, though, right? No, only oh, if, you, no. if you want over the if you want broadcast channels, maybe. But like, say you're in Dallas or whatever, and you have Sling Blue, you can get your local NBC and Fox affiliates. Okay, you know, okay. through Sling. But so it's all internet based. It's there's there's no uh, no antenna set up or anything. Nope. it's okay. but it's true internet TV live okay. TV. And um, I was able to watch a couple of the political problems happening over in over the, in the world the last couple uh, months. I was able to watch that live and stuff. It was cool. And um, like I said earlier, they don't currently have access to the secondary audio, but they do support Spanish channels. There's actually a whole bunch of packages for Spanish speakers, and they even have international channels for people who speak different languages. It's 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 a subsidiary of Dish, so I don't think they'll have a problem with getting the stuff back. Oh, as for the Olympics, you can access audio description with the Channels app. I've actually done it, and I've the problem is the opening ceremony was in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Oh, get oh, it? That's right. Yeah. No, yeah, I, wanted, I wanted. We talked yeah, about we that on the, on the previous episode of Main Menu too. They, he said it wasn't available live, but those who have Comcast Xfinity using the X1, I believe it's called, the, the talking mm-hmm. uh, set-top yeah. box, they had access to on-demand versions which had the audio description. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, you did this through NBC, correct? Yeah, through the channels app, using my antenna with NBC. Oh, okay. And they were, I was able to access it and watch uh, some swimming. And they were like, you can tell it's live because sometimes you can hear them make mistakes, which is awesome. Because you know how when you hear audio description, they're, they're, they're flawless, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I hear people actually, you know, stuttering over words. I'm like, hey, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it does work. You don't have to be Comcast. You can actually use your over-the-air antenna for this mm-hmm. or any cable provider or whatever. So... And the cool thing is, with the, like I said earlier, with the Channels app, you can actually rewind. So if you miss something, you can jump back. Yeah, I think that's really nice. Yeah. So there you go. Now, you said that you also are able to hear this through your phone, correct? There is a Channels app for the phone, which is $15. Oh, so that's extra. It's, yes. It's not a universal purchase. I'm like, why did you not make that a universal purchase? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So did you get a it, chance to play with it at all? Do you know if it's accessible or yeah, haven't you tried it yet? I, I, I did. And it needs some work still. Like, the Apple TV app is the best one, but right now it needs work. Like, you can access it, 
and it just needs some label buttons. That's it. Okay. That's the only problem. Great. Thank you for explaining all of that about Sling TV. I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about what's new in Mac OS Sierra. I have used the Mac now for about nine years, and until more recently, I had a MacBook Pro that I used for my primary machine, but that has died. So I have been bouncing back and forth between my Windows laptop and the Studio iMac uh, when I do audio recording like this. I haven't installed it on my iMac yet because I didn't want things to break just before doing this show. (laughs) Just in case, you never know. Messages get some of the new features from the iOS counterpart. Some of them are display only and... 3x emoji, inline preview, and tapback are fully functional. iTunes brings about the new look of Apple Music. It's interesting that iCloud can now sync documents no matter where they are on your machine. I wonder how that works, how you tell it what to sync, but apparently it doesn't have to be in a specific place and it syncs using iCloud. There are also some tools available that help power manage the machine, clean up old files, and old trash and things like that, so that can be helpful. I know sometimes I just forget to empty the trash and it just fills up and I don't know it. And Eventually I go, oh my goodness, I must have a bunch of stuff in there. (laughs) There is now tabbed browsing in every app. I think I will find that particularly useful. I don't like having multiple windows open, even if it's within one app. You have to keep track of them and all that. Yes, you have to keep track of tabs too, but you can jump around pretty quickly between them. That'll be fun to play with. It looks like Safari extensions will now be available through the Mac App Store. I'm really looking forward to that clipboard in the cloud. From what I have read, I'll be able to copy something from the Mac or iOS and have it show up on the other when I need to paste. And it's apparently smart enough. If your devices are close enough together, it will make that connection, but if not, it disregards the iCloud clipboard for that particular operation. And if you wait too long, I think over two minutes, it decides that it reverts to the local clipboard and maybe you didn't really want to copy something across devices. And Siri comes to the Mac. I'm really excited about that. You can activate it via clicking a button or a keyboard combination and apparently ask your computer to do all sorts of things, looking up information or calculations or time, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you can pin the results. I don't know how that works yet, but for quick access later, or drag and drop them into a document. So uh, lots of good stuff there. I may come back in a future segment to let you know how all these functions work and maybe record a demo. I mean, I think Siri would probably be the most interesting one. Some of the other stuff is more about streamlining the experience. There's even a new file system that Apple will be shipping soon called APFS. It will help improve storage efficiency, backups, security, and more. Lots of good stuff in this update, and I'm sure looking forward to playing with it. Most of the information I gathered is from a very well-written article by Renee Ritchie, If you'd like to read it for yourself, you can read it at www.imore.com. That's I-M-O-R-E dot com slash macOS hyphen Sierra, spelled M-A-C-O-S hyphen S-I-E-R-R-A. 
Main Menu is a program sponsored by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs every Friday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream. It repeats every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can listen using any internet-connected device, ACB link for iOS, grab it as a podcast, or call 605-475-8130 at airtime. You can send us feedback by emailing mainmenu at acbradio.org or interact with us on Twitter at Main Menu. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.